Locked On Bears, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bears, part of the Locked On's podcast network. Greetings from the Locked On Bears podcast, where our listeners get the best daily lockdown coverage of their favorite team, the Chicago Bears. I'm your host, Arthur Arkish, senior editor at Pro Football Weekly and NFC North reporter for USA Today Sports Weekly. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to Locked On Bears over at iTunes and let me know what you think in the ratings and comments section. And while you're at it, Locked On NFL, Locked On Fantasy, and for the Chicago basketball enthusiasts, Locked On Bulls aren't to be missed. And while I'm at it, I need to thank our partners who help ensure that this podcast finds as many ears as possible, FanRagSports.com, Today's Pigskin, and Today's FastBreak.com, and our newest partner, and a super exciting one, particularly as draft season approaches in the spring, draftbreakdown.com. Great stuff over there at all of those sites. And after you have visited my site, profootballweekly.com, and also checked out my work in USA Today Sports Weekly, I hope that you'll go check out and see what some of our partners are doing. Alrighty, I think I have covered all of that. So more importantly, or, or just as importantly, how are you doing today? I hope you enjoyed the weekend, Bears game notwithstanding. Uh, In some ways, I actually have to credit the Bears for producing two burnable pieces of tape in both of their home preseason games, in each of their home preseason games, I should say. That's not an easy task. So uh, seriously, you guys know I am one who is going to look for the positives. I like to consider myself a glass half full kind of guy. So let's highlight a few of the positives and few is probably the operative word because there weren't many. But what about Cameron Meredith? That was a a performance from the second year wide receiver out of Illinois State. Thought he really flashed, helped uh, break a shutout obviously late and uh, has kind of built off what's been a pretty good camp. So we've spent a lot of time of course talking about Daniel Braverman and Deontay Thompson and uh, whoever else is in this receiver competition, Josh Bellamy, to be sure. Maybe don't rule out Cameron Meredith altogether. He does have nice size and athleticism, and uh, you know you wish he could help maybe in the return game or find a way to do a little bit more. But uh, you know the Bears are looking for for the players that are putting out good tape, and like I said, there wasn't much of it from Saturday. Cameron Meredith did perform well, and there was Jeremy Lankford who actually impressed a little bit. You know getting both of the team's first downs, uh, the first string first downs, albeit in the first five plays of the half. Uh, And he earned some respect from one of the game's most universally respected defenders along the way. Did he catch you off guard at all with the power? You know what, he did. He caught me off guard with the power because I'm, you know, uh, I, I know he's probably a young guy. I don't know him as much. So I'm like, so let me let him go up. You know, it's it's the hole open. Let me just go up and tackle him. And he kind of gave me a sip on him and broke it and made the first down. So I'm like, okay. Pissed old man off. So all right, all right. The next time I just chopped it down. And, but that was a good job by him. Were you a- Indeed, that was four-time Pro Bowl linebacker, former Buckus Award winner, the Chiefs' Derek Johnson, who did miss that tackle attempt on the Bears' first third down of the game. It was a quick pitch to Langford, and uh, he was able to, to stiff arm, as Johnson mentioned, the linebacker, and, and head on his way for a first down, ended up gaining, I think, 11 on the very next run. And that would do it in terms of positives from the first-string offense, but Uh, You know, I'm only half kidding. I thought it was a funny quote, and I did want to share that with you. But 
Uh, I also think that it's worth mentioning Jeremy Langford. One of the things we're watching for most is his ability to not go down on initial contact. And there are a few tacklers who are better in the game, the entire game, than Derek Johnson. So uh, to see that was encouraging. And then uh, maybe to see the way Derek Johnson responded, uh, just an absolute terror all over the football field uh, thereafter. Not obviously very positive for the Bears. But um, that was that was noteworthy. And, and we'll see if Langford's able to kind of continue what's actually been a, a really productive camp for him. The rest of the offense, not so much. I just got done telling you how excited I was about Elshon Jeffrey and Kevin White, particularly from a fantasy football perspective. And then Elshon goes and drops what should have been a touchdown. Kevin White is really mostly invisible and actually got chewed out by his quarterback, Jake Cutler, for running a poor route early in the third quarter. Uh, Cutler probably didn't have a leg to stand on because he was downright awful in this game too. So the good news, guys, preseason doesn't mean anything. You try and stay healthy, and I know the Bears have struggled in that respect. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but you don't care about the results. So the Bears you know, are 0-3, and, and, and it doesn't mean anything. So uh, that's the good news, and, and I know that you could use some good news on this sort of dreary Bears Monday. So, so now that we have discussed a couple of positives, and there are a few more, I, I can't uh, bury the lead. The Bears have more... Injury concerns on their plate after Saturday. Their most indispensable defensive back, Tracy Porter, the the leader in that cornerback room, is in the concussion protocol after colliding with Harold Jones Cordy. A scary, uh, a scary collision with Jones Cordy's knee actually appearing to go right into the helmet of Porter. So we don't have a lot more information at this point on him, but it does kind of. And we've talked about this already after the Kyle Fuller injury, after the Bryce Callahan injury. It sort of moves the spotlight over to guys like DeAndre Hall and Jacoby Glenn. And actually, Jacoby Glenn had a really nice third down pass breakup going up against a a Chiefs wide receiver that I know the team is very excited about. Combine freakout warrior last year, Chris Conley. Uh, I think it was a quick slant that Glenn broke up. He had really good timing and good ball skills on that. And then you saw a little bit of his swagger. He kind of got up in Conley's face. I don't necessarily love that per se, but it's good to see a young player appearing to build a little bit of confidence. So uh, there's a positive for you. And and I, I highlighted DeAndre Hall and then kind of mentioned Jacoby Glenn as well talking Friday and players to watch. And uh, it wasn't a good game for DeAndre Hall. He may need a little, I don't know that he's going to need confidence repair, but, um, and he did come up with an interception, which we know Vic Fangio is certainly placing a premium on this year. Uh, but Hall struggled too. He, he was the, he was beat on the biggest play of the game, that shot play to Tyreek Hill for 58 yards. He was beat on a couple other long gainers and, Uh, Aside from the interception, not a ton of positives, but I did actually ask Jeremy Macklin about DeAndre Hall, and I don't think I'm going to play the the clip I have. It was was good, and it was interesting, and he didn't make a direct comparison, but I kind of asked him about the length of Hall that we've talked about so much on this program and you've heard elsewhere. Uh, and if it can help him kind of compensate for a lack of long speed, which certainly we saw when Hill blew by him. And it was not a direct comparison, but Jeremy Macklin mentioned two names, Richard Sherman and Aqib Talib, as kind of the body types that Hall has and guys who maybe use that length. 
to make up for other maybe somewhat deficiencies in their game. So I thought that was interesting. Macklin was a pretty good quote. I ended up writing on the Chiefs wide receivers. but And I asked Don Terry Poe, too, because Cornelius Edison was another guy that we said we were going to look at closely. And it's clear that Edison has a long, long way to go. But I'll tell you what, I'm not sure he was as bad as guys like Ted Larson and Bobby Massey. So I don't know what that means exactly. I, you know, I think that we've seen enough now where um, Bobby Massey looks like he could be a bit of a liability, but we'll have to continue. It's early. Again, it's the preseason, but I haven't loved what I've seen from Massey. And Larson's been in kind of a tough spot and he moved all over the place, but we need to see a lot more from both of the former Arizona Cardinals. As far as news from Hallis on Monday, not really a ton. John Fox did have some interesting things to say about Pernell McPhee, who he said is further along than he was last week, but it sounded to me like he wasn't ruling out the possibility. And I've told you guys this already. He could start the season on pop. I, uh, I would hope not. And, and again, Fox did say he's making progress. Now it's more about the change of direction type things. Uh, but he was very uh, specific in saying that the Bears have a lot of options and reminded the media that he did begin the season on PUP. So uh, the Bears obviously faced just a huge decision relative to Pernell McPhee. Uh, as far as other news, both Eddie Royal and Zach Miller have been cleared for contact. That is very, very positive, especially after watching the offense, the first team offense struggle in, in two of the three preseason games and especially on Saturday. Uh, good news there. A player that I highlighted, and I guess I was off on this, Nick Kwiatkowski was back at practice. I'm sure he's been back at practice before from that uh, that nagging hamstring injury, but Fox did say uh, he was back out there today, so that's encouraging. And the other developments, he Fox had a ton of praise for Connor Shaw, and I've been telling you guys, Connor Shaw definitely leapfrogged uh, David Fales. I believe I said that even before we actually saw it on the, you know, in the order of guys getting on the field. Uh, I had tweeted during the game Saturday about two minutes before Shaw suffered just the gross broken leg. Are we sure that he's not better than Brian Hoyer? And, and to hear, you know, John Fox didn't say anything like that today, but he did make it a point to say Connor Shaw has a bright future with the Chicago Bears and he's confident that he is going to come back with the Bears. So, uh, you know, it, it wouldn't, there's no benefit to Fox saying that. So, you know, we have to take everything that he says with a grain of salt, but it does sort of validate a lot of what I had been seeing with Connor Shaw that maybe the Bears have seen, been seeing a little bit of too. So, um, that was the news from Hallis. I guess you guys probably want my reaction to the first cuts. There wasn't uh, any real surprises there either, but. Uh, the Bears did let go of Sonoris Perry, which, uh, while not surprising, was uh, a notable name because he was a, a key special teams guy two years ago after making the Bears as a, as a tryout player, actually, in the spring, uh, and then just has been unlucky with injuries the past two years. So Perry is gone, would be a good practice squad candidate, I think. Uh, the other notable names are Gannon Sinclair, only because he was here the tight end, the tall tight end who was here a lot last year. And then the fullback, Darrell Young, who does have some NFL experience with Washington. Hasn't looked good at all here, though. And I have to say, guys, it's clear the Bears want uh, the fullback in this offense, but I'm not sure that with Darrell Young, who's now gone, and Paul Lisicki, that they are going to be able to make it work because I don't know if these guys are, are worth making it work with. So um, 
those were really the noteworthy ones to me. Kieran Duncan, the, the blazer out of Colorado State Pueblo, but the fact that he didn't play at all Saturday and hasn't been able to be a factor in a wide-open return competition is pretty telling. Keith Browner had flashed a little bit in the previous game in New England, I believe, and uh, he is on the way out too, or is already out, I should say. So uh, those were the, the most noteworthy of the Bears' 10 cuts. Now they have five more to make before tomorrow. So when we talk again, those cuts will have been made. Um, and I'm not really going to do any predictions. I already told you guys a couple guys that I uh, think are in trouble. It doesn't really matter at what point, but Ego Ferguson and, and uh, David Fales, I don't believe are going to be on this team. And uh, we'll just kind of wait and see what other decisions the Bears do make there. So with just a few minutes left, guys, I, you know, we'll have time to talk this week about my biggest lingering concerns with these Bears. I'll give you more to watch in the final preseason game against Cleveland, where surely a couple more jobs are going to be won or lost. And uh, we'll have time to discuss all that. I'm hopeful to get out to Hallis for the one remaining open practice of the week tomorrow, though I'm not positive about it. Uh, but a couple other interesting developments around the NFL that at least I found to be interesting today and actually you likely being from Chicago and, and I know there's a lot of Chicago interest with this podcast I think we need to take a second and, and, and praise Trevor Simeon and, and what he has accomplished with the defending Super Bowl champions 2015 seventh rounder out of Northwestern of course didn't think he was going to be drafted at all he's recovering from the torn ACL his Northwestern career ends in disappointing fashion and today, Gary Kubiak names him the starter over Mark Sanchez and over Paxton Lynch. So uh, amazing. Trevor Simeon is going to be the first week one starter from Northwestern playing quarterback since Otto Graham in 1955. So uh, if Simeon goes on to have the career that Otto Graham did, I think uh, this story can only get better. Uh, but I just I think it's pretty cool. And, and really, he does deserve a ton of credit for that. Uh, so we'll see what happens. We've been hearing that it's Paxton Lynch. This is a placeholder situation, and it will be Paxton Lynch in the driver's seat sooner than later, maybe as soon as week four or five. But, hey, let this kid have his moment. Pretty cool for Trevor Simeon, and he's got a pretty darn good situation. I, God, it's quite a statement on Mark Sanchez, too, former fifth overall pick, and uh, just can't be a game manager. He can't resist those mind-numbing mistakes, even though he has a dominant defense that can – uh, you know, take them to the promised land potentially in those big perimeter weapons. Uh, can't work for Mark Sanchez at Denver. Now he's either going to take a pay cut or be released. So uh, a couple other interesting stories. Joey Bosa is in camp and in, uh, in Chargers camp. Finally, that was about as ugly as you could ever imagine a first round holdout being here in the year 2016 after the CBA has been in place for what, five years already, six years already, but uh, the Chargers get their guy, and gosh, after watching the Chargers struggle uh, against the Vikings, that, that defense struggle in the first half, uh, it's a good thing they got both in. We'll, they'll see if, how much they can get him up to speed, how quickly they should get him up to speed, I, I should say. Uh, and I was watching that Vikings game pretty with a keen eye because I was getting ready to write about the Vikings for USA Today Sports Weekly, and um you as a Bear fan, if you only watch the Bears-Vikings, you haven't seen Teddy Bridgewater perform very well at all. But as the Vikings opened up their new stadium and with that raucous crowd, you could even over all the deafening buzz of a new stadium, you could hear the sigh of relief after watching Bridgewater perform. Uh, remember, he was a surprise scratch the week earlier. He had missed a couple days of practices with shoulder soreness. 
but he was just out there dealing, made a couple gorgeous throws, intermediate passes, darts, the kind of throws that you have to be able to make in North Turner's offense that I think uh, were fair to wonder whether Teddy was going to make them after watching sort of the lack of them last season. Uh, but Bridgewater appears to be fine. So if the Bears are to compete for a division title and a playoff spot this year. It'll obviously have to go through Minnesota. I don't think that's happening. Please don't mistake that for any kind of bold prediction. Uh, but certainly interesting to see that Vikings offense appear to get it going. And they haven't even gotten Adrian Peterson yet. They haven't gotten that offensive line figured out yet either. So um, what are the other interesting stories in the NFL today? We also had Andy Lee getting traded from Cleveland to Carolina. And I don't know if you watched that game last Thursday, the Cleveland-Tampa Bay game, but there's no wonder why Andy Lee is no longer a Brown. Uh, it's kind of funny. I think Hugh Jackson was sending a message because his punter, one of the best punters in football, I might add, was loafing it on a 73-yard return touchdown. Loafing it is putting it nicely. He made no effort whatsoever. He got chewed out by Jackson on the sideline and traded today, but... Uh, if it was supposed to be punishment, I have to say, getting sent from the Punchline Browns to the perennial NFC champion, you know, the reigning NFC champs and the perennial contender Panthers, uh, probably a pretty good switch for Lee, I'd have to imagine. So uh, those are the biggest stories going on right now. Everyone, of course, is still talking about Colin Kaepernick and his protest of the national anthem. I think it's a little bit misguided, but, um, you know, I, I at least credit the guy for standing or sitting in this case for what he believes in. So, um, it's going to do it for today, guys. You know, only a little bit of bears. I just, there, there's only so much we can discuss when you have such a disastrous game like that. There are areas of concern all over the place. And like I said, I will highlight those for you as the week progresses, but I want to thank you for being with me today on locked on bears. I am your host, Arthur Arkish. I love it that you keep coming back, and uh, we are gaining our audience, growing our audience. This is going to be awesome. Uh, I also want you to make sure you're checking out our partner sites, FanRag Sports, Today's Pigskin, and Today'sFastBreak.com, and DraftBreakdown.com, of course. So that'll do it for today, the Monday edition of Lockdown Bears. Thank you again so much. I hope you enjoy your evening, and I look forward to talking to you tomorrow.